Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, the theme here tonight is the faithfulness of God. You can trust God. I know we've looked to men before and mankind to fulfill or to meet our needs, and man has always failed us because we were never created to be each other's wholeness. We were created to find our fullness in the Lord. And when we place our faith in Him, you will never, ever, ever be denied. He is a faithful God. He is worthy of our praise. Amen. He is worthy for somebody to say, Hallelujah! Woo! Hallelujah! Glory to God. I've just uh, kind of been going back down memory lane here in the last few minutes. It's just amazing to think how the hand of God was at work even when we don't see the hand of God at work. This is a word for somebody right now. God's hand is working in your favor. He is putting things together for you right now. You can't see it, but if, you, if the, the curtains could be pulled back and you could see behind the stage at all that he is arranging and rearranging and putting together to put on one of the greatest years for you like you've never known before. What he loves is for us to trust him enough to thank you, Lord, before the curtains open. Thank you, Lord, because we know you're a good God. We know you're faithful. We know that you are, are working in our behalf and that we can trust the Lord. Do you know way back in uh, 1989, I graduated from a Bible college down in South Carolina, and um, I know I was only 12 when I graduated. I was an accelerated student, but uh, praise the Lord for that, and uh, and I'm joking in case somebody's tuned in and taking me literal. They'll go and fact check me and call me a liar. I'm just joking, just joking. And, uh, but I graduated in 89 and didn't know exactly. I mean, God called me to preach his word, but uh, I didn't know exactly what it was going to be. I didn't think it was going to be pastoring. Uh, that was the last thing I had on my list. Uh, I thought it was maybe an evangelist. And I was evangelizing uh, on weekends and during the summer months. Went on to... Uh, Erskine Theological Cemetery, as I've told you all, and studied among the dead uh, of the things of a dead God who really didn't seem to be involved in the world anymore. And I said, I can't pay money and do all this work for that. And prayed, God, if you'd make a way to get me to Virginia Beach area, I, I want to attend Regent University. Here's a school's not uh, denying the living presence of the Lord. The, the Holy Spirit is, is working actively. I've been on the campus and I sensed his presence. And if I'm going to pay this kind of money and do this kind of work, God, if, and, and I was immature in my faith, so I said, Lord, if you would provide a, a room, a, a room, a house, or somewhere for me to sleep, then I'll know it's your will, and, I can, and I'll work for the rest. All I need is a miracle of a place to stay. It's kind of silly when I look back on it. But, uh, and then I get a call, and, uh, and I, you know the story. I came here and uh, met uh, the gentleman here on the property, and we cut the chains off of the door of a little chapel that had shut down and had a parsonage. Wasn't the fanciest place on planet Earth, but had a parsonage, had a room, had a place I could sleep. And then I asked the gentleman, how far is this from Regent University? And he scratched his head, and he said, I think it's only about three miles. Actually, it's on this road. And I said, do what? He said, yeah, the university's on this road here, Centerville Turnpike. And I just looked up to heaven, and he's apologizing for the mess that everything is in, but I'm looking up saying, thank you, Lord. You've given me a place to live, and I know you're bringing me here. So I came here in full faith that God was going to do a great work. So here I have inherited a shut-down little chapel and a little of, uh, outdated parsonage and uh, with some termite damage, or a lot of termite damage. But nonetheless, um, I'm attending Regent University, getting ready to get everything transferred over. And up pulls a little, I don't know if it was called, was it an Azuzu truck or one of the little Azuzu trucks? And uh, it almost would backfire when you cut it off. I mean, this thing had been worked. I mean, he had run this one here. It had been so good to him. And this gentleman says, where are you going to church today? And I'm like, well, I've just moved here, and I don't know any places around here. He says, get in the truck. And you know me and my hair. I always want to keep my hair straight this summertime and he said no ac roll the windows down and i remember praying oh god my hair is going to be messed up you know and i know the lord says silly silly but that was my thoughts and we get to this church and 
Dr. Owen Weston is the, uh, is the pastor there. He's doing a, a revitalization work there in this church over in Norfolk, and he's at the door, and this gentleman introduces me to him and says, he's a professor at Regent University, and guess what he teaches? I said, what does he teach? He says, he teaches church planting. And here I was here to plant a new church, and now the connection is made. And, uh, and this gentleman, I just loved his heart. I loved his passion. He went and got permission from his pastor, I think maybe six months or a year, to give us here. His pastor released him for that uh, a limited amount of time. He came over, and he helped us in our starting days. And he had a ministry, and you've heard me talk about this ministry a lot. We call it ISHA, International Samaritan Health and Aid. And this was uh, his heart as he had been over in the country of Romania. And, uh, and as he was there in underground work, staying in an underground church, underground home, he uh, talked to the doctors there and said, what from America could we do for you? And they said, oh, that we could have medical supplies. We, we have no medical supplies. So he came back and started International Samaritan Health and Aid and went to all the hospitals and got their blue bag. I think it was the blue bags of good stuff, but they had already insurance companies that paid for the, the stuff, but the uh, patients didn't use it. It was all still sealed, but they couldn't resell it, so they had to blue bag it. Well, he had a warehouse in Portsmouth and sorting and all this stuff going on and sending these uh, medical supplies over to Romania. But this guy's, let me tell you what, he's a character. He is a character. And he's like, hmm, we'll get them medical supplies. They want medical supplies. But I've been in that country, and this underground church, they want Bibles. They want to take the Word of God Ceausescu tried to take them, burn all the Bibles and destroy all the Bibles, but he says, we're going to get Bibles back in Romania. So he's smuggling Bibles. This is a, he's a criminal, okay? This guy, I mean, he's here among us. He's here among us. You better watch yourself, okay? He is breaking the law, and he's getting all these pastors to join him in breaking the law. And they're going over to Romania, and they've got an underground connection. Uh, at uh, Numero Uno Lele Leulor Street, I think it was, in Oradi of Romania. Yeah. Oh, there it is, right there. There it is, right? I think that's it. Lele Leulor Street. Yeah, Lele Leulor. And you know what? I'm not going to say it right. So. Yeah, <laughs> Tulip Street. There we go, American. There we go. And um, so these uh, Bibles, this little short European lady is called Sabina. You remember Sabina? Oh, my, she's still, she lives in Washington now, Vancouver, Washington. She's still as much a, an evangelist and a preacher as I've ever met. And uh, still don't speak English, but nonetheless, she got those Bibles, and she's giving those Bibles out and, uh, in the tram station and breaking the law, this little Holy Ghost woman breaking the law and telling people about Jesus when she wasn't supposed to tell them about Jesus. And, and one drunk man said, that ain't no Bible, that little old Bible you got there. I got a real Bible. She said, you don't have, what do you mean? He said, I have a Bible ten times bigger than that. And he, she said, you're drunk. And he, she said, just take this Bible. He said, no. Tomorrow, meet me here, I'll show you. And shows up with a Bible almost as big as the top of this lectern here, all leather, and, and the cover of it, it's got a big black spot under the cross where the people have been kissing it for, for maybe hundreds and hundreds of years, trying to preserve the pages and not open it and destroy it, and it's been hidden and, and, and made its way through. And he smuggled, gave her that Bible, as she gave him the little Bible. And then she, some years later, was able to get out of Romania, come to America. She smuggled that Bible into America. Isn't that something? We got Romanian Bibles printed here, smuggled into Romania. And there's a Romanian printed Bible that had survived the dictator and the rule and communism. And it's smuggled back here. And when I uh, announced my engagement with Pastor Rodica uh, Cornell, the uh, oldest son living uh, with uh, the siblings stood up and her whole family in the little chapel over here and they presented that Bible to me. And uh, I collect Bibles, so as he was telling the story, holding that Bible up, I was drooling. And then he says, and our family's decided we're going to give this to Tim, which means you've got to marry our daughter, marry my sister. you got no way out. <laughs> God's going to be for you. No. And uh, so I got the Bible, praise God. Well, you know the story. I came here in 92. This gentleman helped me. He had International Samaritan Ministries and uh, uh, ISHA, International Samaritan Health and um, Aid. And uh, we were able to partner with him and Angie Hackett. You probably remember Angie, our first missions director, and all go to Romania. And my, uh, it's just such a tremendous thing. And then three years later, I meet this 
Bible college student. You know the story, the heavens opened, the bright light, hallelujah. God said, this is your wife. Well, I get back here, and I call this gentleman, this criminal, you know, that's smuggling Bibles in and doing all this stuff, and uh, with his window down, messing up my hair. You know, I call him, and I say, guess what? I've met a Romanian. And, uh, and, I, and he says, oh, well, let me teach you something to tell her. And I said, teach me some Romanian. He said, you tell her, Tim Tayu Bashte. And I was over at Founders Inn at a wedding reception, and I take a napkin, and I'm writing it down. And I said, Tim, Tay, how do you spell it? Tebesh, how do you say all this stuff? Okay. And we practiced it. Oh, look at the little girl. Guess who that is? Oh, my, my. You show and tell tonight. Show and tell. The one and only time. Look at there. Oh, my goodness. Yes, yes, this is, this is you, right? Yeah, don't point at the sister. Uh, so you guys are really privileged to, for me to release these pictures because I, this is a one time and only. You will never, ever see these pictures publicly again. But, um, yeah, so this is Russell. Uh, Russell, come on up here. Come on up here. He's been... T- he's... <laughs> This is the guy right here. This is this is our hero, one of one of our missionary heroes. Um, yep, that's Russell right there, and um, the gentleman next to him is my father. Uh, some of you have met him personally, and um, and that's my sister Esther, and then that's me, and and then um, you know one of the things that my mom used to do, she used to bring in the homeless people. There were a lot of homeless and and people without family. So you know you would think. My mom, you know, when we had special guests from America, you know, that she wouldn't bring the homeless people around, but she did. And so you see the a gentleman in the back, he was, we, I don't know who he was. He was just a homeless person just having dinner with us, you know. And the lady sitting next to me was another lady who she didn't have a family. So she joined us, you know, for this special occasion. And... Um, can you show the other pictures? I, I'm not exactly sure. Actually, these pictures were just brought to me tonight by um, Russell. So uh, there they are. And um, it, are there any more? Or is that it? And th- there it is. There, this is the street I grew up on, not even paved. So um, it was mud. Exactly. It was mud. So and the, the missionaries, yeah, wanted me to stand by the gate and take a picture of me. So... Anyway, um, I, I was a pretty awkward teenager, but we did the job. We did the job. Yes, yes. I was 17 there. And so I was the uh, translator, the interpreter for um, Russell, for Brother Russell here. And I will never forget, I had never, I was uh, translating, you know, in the home when they would come to my mom and dad. And um, I was the only one to speak English. And so, you know, everybody was like, what did he say? What did she say? And so then... Um, on a Sunday night, we ended up at a church in a village, and uh, when we got there, we were supposed to have a gentleman meet us there, one of the interpreters, and he couldn't make it. So when we got there, everybody was excited because there was this American missionary that was going to be there and share a word, but we had no interpreter, no translator. So Russell <laughs> turns to me, you know, when Pastor Jim said he's a character, he he's like breaks all rules. And so growing up in the Romanian church, women were not allowed to speak in front of the congregation. And the only thing we were allowed to do, we were allowed to sing a song or um, do a, a poetry. And so, yeah, we had to cover our hair, our head. And so anyway, Melania knows. Uh, and so she, Russell turns to me and he says, Rodika can interpret. And I said, no, they don't allow women, you know, to speak in front of the congregation. So he says, yeah, she can do it. She can do it. So um, the pastor says, well, I have to go and talk to the elders and see if they would make an exception, you know, to allow a woman to speak in front of the congregation. So they did, and they made an exception. I was the first female to ever speak in front of the congregation in um, in that congregation, and then so what happened, then I said, you know, I don't speak very much English. I said, just a greeting. You only bring a greeting. And he, he said, you just 
translate as though I'm talking to you. It's like, ignore the other people. You just, you know. And so I said, okay. So he did the greeting, but then he keeps going and going. He wasn't listening very well. So we, he ended up preaching a whole sermon, and I ended up interpreting. And I remember afterwards just looking at him like, what did just happen? Right? And so that was like my uh, beginnings in learning English. This is how I learned English. I was like pushed in and, you know, you sink or swim. So anyway, it's so good to have you with us. Uh, when uh, Brother Russell walked in, he um, noticed the Romanian flag and he said, you put that one first. And that is because Romania was the very first country that we sent missionaries to out of this church. Actually, we sent missionaries to Romania before Pastor Tim was even taking a salary. So uh, Romania is definitely special. And that was before Pastor Tim even knew that he was going to marry a Romanian. He, he, was sowing in, <laughs> he was sowing into Romania, not knowing the Lord was going to give him a wife from Romania. So, um, but yes. <laughs> Say something. 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 I knew you were going to do that. I said, if he doesn't just say something, there's something wrong with Russell. <laughs> Coming up here. It's a great honor to be here. But can I warn them? Okay, I'm going to challenge y'all to do something. Great group of people here. There's more angels here tonight than humans. I want you to know that. What I want you to do Sunday morning. When you get here, I want you to go to everybody that you know and tell them, boy, you really missed it. You should have been here Wednesday night because there were some wild people there. I mean to tell you. So what voice do you want me to use and what language? What? Melania? Okay. What, what kind of voice? You want my radio voice? Tele, television voice? What? TV voice, TV voice. Why, shuck, son, ain't no fun in there. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's a pleasure to be here tonight. Uh, I have many different voices. I speak 17 languages fluently. I speak British, Canadian, Australian. You got it, right? Okay. See, we're all bilingual, praise God. I mean, you can go to Australian, preaching Australian. Uh, spent quite a few years working in Romania, as, as you know. So, Pace Domnului um, Isus. Okay. Isus de Ibesti. Isus Vina. Isus Vina. Jesus is coming. Yeshtugata. Are you ready? That's one thing we all have to be in, in our personal life. We have to understand Jesus is coming back. Now, if you can't say amen and shout at that, Jesus is coming back. So if you have a problem with it, get over it. You shouldn't have a problem with that. He's coming back. He loves you. You love her. <coughs> I think I corrupted you. How about Swahili? Yeah, I spent some time in Kenya too, uh, helping. Asante, Asintisana, Sawa, Sawa. Anybody from Kenya here? Buana Safiwe. Say Buana. Remember the Tarzan movies? Buana. Hi, Lord. Buana, Lord. Safiwe. Praise the Lord. Buana Safiwe. Man, you tell me when to shut up, okay? I can't remember you two remembering all that stuff. It is amazing. Y'all remembered all that stuff. You college, you didn't tell them that every time it rained, it flooded underneath that house that you lived in. Oh, the water just, I mean, standing for, for weeks and weeks and weeks and everything. Did you tell them about the snakes? Oh, we're... we're, we're, we're some of us are over there cleaning out the little chapel and everything, and I think it was Wes Taylor um, is cleaning out one of the, and he's taking this box down the hallway to take it outside, 
And here comes this snake raising his head right out of the box. And he's walking. He throws the box out of the car. And then once. Yeah. And, and to the left of the platform, there was a little closet. had a hot water heater and so forth. And one Sunday morning, I think you're preaching or getting ready to preach or something like that. And here comes a snake crawling out of that. You remember all that? Everything. It was about ready to fall down. But God put a covering over your head so you could come to Regent and have to go back to Greenville, South Carolina and see your mom. And here's this young lady that you met and, and you just come falling in love and, and didn't know what to say, you bashful thing, you. I mean to tell you, you so bad. You ain't bashful when you preach God's word, though. I mean to tell you. I'm not using my radio voice. I just can't do it. Hallelujah. But you just, I mean, when you preach, I've seen you on Facebook, man. you famous. Thousands of people watching you on Facebook. I mean, hallelujah for Facebook. I mean, but, but you were bashful when you talked to me about this young lady you met from Romania. Oh, you were bashful, blushing. Oh, my grace, didn't know what to say. And I, I, I taught you, and I, I, if I remember correctly, I did not tell you what it meant. So you said it to her not knowing what it meant. <laughs> Your mistake. <laughs> I mean, a lawbreaker you trust. Okay. Smuggling, I mean, breaking a, a whole country's law there. Uh, she got real quiet, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and she wouldn't tell you. Yeah, so you had to come back to me and say, yeah, boy, we had you between a rock and a hard place. I mean, Cupid was flying all around and everything. But let me digress. Let, let me uh, draw a, a dichotomy here, if you would uh, let me. Um, I haven't been a Christian all my life. I raised in a Christian family, went to church because my mom and dad took me. Uh, as soon as I could get out of school, I, I ran from the Lord and went a little bit more crazy than I am now. I'm older now. A little bit more wise. No, I'm not that. Um, but then at almost 36 years old, something happened. The Holy Ghost convicted me of my sins. And in 1985, November the 20th, oh, mercy, gave my heart to Jesus Christ. Tim, I haven't got over it yet. I haven't got over it. The, the next year, I met a missionary. And which, which you know, if I was to mention uh, his name, and I know Rob Dicker would, would know his name, um, I listened to him at church, and he, he talked about different countries. And one country he mentioned was Romania, which was under communism uh, with a dictator, Nicolae Ceausescu. Um, so the next day, I took this guy out to lunch, being a businessman. You know. um, and I asked him, I said, Don, if I could give you one thing and one thing only, what would it be? Now. Give me a thousand dollars. You know, missionary, give me money. Right? Everybody. He said, Oh, that's simple. He he said, I, I've just got back from the nation of Romania, and they're absolutely begging me for Bibles. I said, Well, why don't you give them some? He said, Well, number one, it's illegal to take them across the border into Romania, and that got my attention. Oh mercy. So we started a covert opera, uh, operation here in the United States uh, that spread to Austria, uh, where he was uh, stationed. And one thing led to another, and the next thing we know, um, we've got uh, vans with the gasoline tank was cut in half, and gasoline was in one half, Bibles was in the other half. And they petitioned it off and sealed it and everything. And um, we had a little farmhouse up uh, on the Hungarian-Romanian border. 
and near the Borge border. And um, we would deliver Bibles to this barn. And they would put them on mules and take them across the border to a drop-off place. And then we'd distribute them. We'd go pick them up and distribute them. And then on Christmas Day, 1989, the uh, dictators had been uh, arrested, put in prison. Uh, Christmas Day, 1989, uh, executed. Uh, January 1st, the new government, uh, the National Salvation Front, gave all Romanians complete religious freedom. They could worship God any way they wanted to, and they could have as many Bibles as they wanted to. Um, I was back in the States. Don called me. January the 12th, I went back to the country. with. Uh, we had raised money in like eight days to buy every Romanian language Bible in the United States, in Germany, and in Austria, and it assembled them, and we had several trucks, vans. Uh, I went there, and where's the shofar lady? I took my shofar. Now, I got a little bitty one. We'd roll the windows down that van all through the night. We were blowing that shofar. I mean, the walls of communism, the walls of Satan, demons were, I mean, running for the borders. They were getting out of town, so to speak. But that, that first Sunday morning, um, the first church we went to um, was in Oradia, and um, it was a Baptist church. Believe it or not, Baptist church. And uh, we took about a thousand Bibles in with us in the service, we discovered real quickly we couldn't give away the Bibles. Couldn't give them away. We had to throw them away. Now, that sounds pretty bad, doesn't it? Well, the reason why we had to throw them away, we couldn't give them away, because there were so many people in the church, they couldn't get up to get, for us to give one. We had to throw them. Throw them. The next two churches we went were Pentecostal churches. Same thing. Bridget, the second week, I was in a little church in Bistrista. Bistrista. And there were so many people in this little church. I think three or four people had to come out so I could get in. And they wanted me to preach. And come to find out, I ended up preaching nine services a week. So every time I went over, somebody would schedule it. Nine churches a week. And then one Sunday, Nella Unger couldn't be my interpreter. So I had to get this wild young lady that spoke pretty decent. Thing. What she didn't tell you, though, was now they got some sacred cows in Romanian churches, you know, things, certain things you don't do. I, they had little bitty platforms, maybe about four foot wide. I could stand on the platform, but she couldn't. She had to stand down on the floor. And she's scared to death. She never done anything like this before in her life. And a crazy American come over, and she don't know what he's going to do next. He doesn't know what he's going to do next. <laughs> but I simply told her, I said, Rodica, let me preach to you, and you preach to them. The Holy Ghost got all over that girl. That I mean, she was probably 17, 18 at that time. But, I mean, the Holy Ghost got all over her, and then she got into the Bible college. She fell in love, and you know what? The Holy Ghost still all over her. I mean, to tell you, praise God, hallelujah. You sweet little thing. I mean, to tell you, your hair's changed. You got your collar analyzed. You, your leg pulled out, and your teeth fixed, and everything. Hallelujah. And he, he's still a little embarrassed, but when he preaches... He preaches the Holy Ghost. I, I've seen him on Facebook preaching. He's up there dignified and everything, and all of a sudden he starts walking, and the Holy Ghost takes up. Have I taken up too much time? Well, let, can, can I tell you about Roy? Okay. Um, I don't travel very much uh, anymore overseas. Um, 
have a ministry down in Fort Mill, South Carolina called the Upper Room Chapel. Uh, the building, and especially the chapel, is um, a replica of the Upper Room in Israel. That's why we call it the Upper Room. Well, there is a gentleman by the name of Gary Stadford that um, comes there quite often, elderly gentleman. Uh, I mean, better personality than Santa Claus and loves people more than Santa Claus, but loves the Lord, has a prayer meeting in his house, comes to the upper room to pray and just get his mind right. And um, Gary knows about my connection with, with Romania and the whole story. And he's seen all the, the pictures and the presidential citations and all that, the, the Romanian toilet paper. and He's seen all that. What you talking about? First time I went to Romania, he gave me a roll of toilet paper. Y'all know what crepe paper is? Y'all remember crepe paper, different colors? This is brown crepe paper with wood chips in it. And it, it, it was so stunning on my mind, I had to keep a couple of rolls, which I have in my museum at home. But anyway, um, Gary comes to me and tells me about Roy Malena. And so um, Gary and I meeting in the lounge, and Gary calls him. And, you know, we do all the nice greed, talking about Romanian food and uh, all this stuff. And then all of a sudden I said, well, you know, I, I know a pastor at Merida, a Romanian lady that has a church in Chesapeake because he says I'm in Chesapeake, Virginia. And I said, you, you've really got to meet these people. You, you've got to meet the, these people. And uh, he said, well, who is that? I said, Tim and Rodica Lambert. And he said, well, that's where I'm preaching Wednesday night. So I said, you are. I've never met them before in my life till tonight. So I had to come. I have their literature right there. I mean to tell you, because anybody is teaching the Word of God, preaching the Word of God, but doing what God said, clothe the naked, feed the hungry. He, he told us all to do all that. That's what being a missionary is on. So then I went my photo album. And I said, you know, I wonder if she'd like some of these photographs. So I pulled out some photographs, put them in an envelope, brought them to your wife to kind of add to the story, help tell the story. But um, you, 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 sir, uh, from June of 86, 92? When did you start the church? December 92. That's when I was on the board, wasn't it? Really? Let's don't say anything about that. Okay. From very, very humble beginnings, because you and the people who came here honored God first. You gave it to God first. That was it. No salary. I mean, you, you, you paid, we all paid to be here. I mean, we, we would all, you know, you go out and buy rock and hay to put in the mud so you wouldn't get stuck anymore and sink down to your axle with a Suzu pickup truck. And I mean, you know, and you didn't think about turning in a receipt to get reimbursed because we didn't have any money. We, we had God. We had the Holy Ghost. And, and that was it. And that's all you need today, right? All you need is the Holy Ghost, because he's here to guide you, give you wisdom. And I didn't mean to preach. Uh, but because of your heart, leadership, God appoints a shepherd. God gives the word through the shepherd to the sheep. And you have guided all those sheep that God sent you here. And God's honored you. God has honored this, this church so much. But I remember those humble beginnings and what it is today. Last time I was here, the columns weren't out there. But when I drove in the parking lot and saw all those columns, that was beautiful. What, what, a, what a statement. What a statement. You think we ought to let Roy talk a little bit? You think so? 
We, we love you, Pastor Rote Dicka. Thanks for letting me just ramble on. You, you folks are really blessed. I mean, really, really blessed to have pastors like this, to have a heart for the Lord. Get away, rest, get the mind of God, get God's word for you, and come back and give it to you with power. You are blessed. So, Sunday morning. So, Sunday morning, I won't be here. Okay? I'll be in Fort Mill, South Carolina. How many of you are going to go to the people you know and say, Boy, you really missed it. You should have been there Wednesday night. How many of y'all going to do that? Oh, come on now. Come on. I, okay, let's have an altar call right now because some people didn't raise their hand. Y'all Christians out there? Love you, brother. Praise the Lord. Well, now all the stories you've heard have been confirmed. So you know that Pastor Jim didn't make all that stuff up. And uh, we've got and anything you need to ask, Russell, ask him afterwards because he was there right in the beginning when this, this uh, I feel, great work of God was birthed. And, uh, and I think going into 26 years, we've got a lot more work to do until Jesus comes back. And he can come back before the service is over. I'm okay with that. But if he doesn't, we want to have our sleeves rolled up and we want to be busy about advancing his kingdom. Amen. And one of the ways we do that through Christian Embassy since day one is we have partnered with missionaries around the world who God has strategically placed in position and place and uh, connection with people that we can do the most influence in advancing his kingdom. And uh, one of those uh, divine and strategic connections that God has given to us has been Roy and Melania Olson, who, who he has... Uh, transplanted as a New York pastor years ago into Romania. He falls in love with a Romanian, too. We got a similar story. He's married to a Romanian and now doing this tremendous ministry at Apavia Ministries. And uh, we are so honored at Christian Embassy to be a part of helping uh, continue the, uh, the development as well as the equipping of the ministers and ministry leaders they're not only in Romania. This APA via Ministries is a strategic divine uh, set up by God. And he showed it to me that this is a gateway into Europe. This is a gateway into many, many, many countries where uh, ministers and ministry leaders are being equipped and trained up. The indig indigenous ministries uh, are being led by indigenous leaders uh, and, and APA via Ministries is being a part of that. So without me telling you more, we want an update and anything that Brother Roy would like to share from his heart. So come on, brother. It's all you. Hallelujah. Yes. <laughs> we appreciate these two so much, and every time they come to America, we say, you better you better. Some missionaries have told me before when they go uh, back to the States, they're a little nervous about making contact with the churches because the churches may look at them as they're only uh, to receive. But I said, you better contact us because we are divinely connected here at Christian Embassy to be a part of what God is doing here in this ministry in Romania and all through Europe. So the rest of it's yours. Thank you, Pastor. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay, here we go. Okay, I'm going to go quick, so you better listen quick. We're talking about this passion. It's so good to be back here. It's so good to be with friends and loved ones. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, we call this way last year the year of Jericho, and I'll tell you why. Because walls must come down, physical walls, and you'll see that, and also spiritual walls of fear and intimidation 
condemnation, inferiority, and rejection might pass. And so we're here in Romania, and I believe that Romania is the key to Europe. Romanians uh, seek employment throughout the European Union about 10 times the salary of Romania. And wherever they go, they plant a church. And to those churches, we get, we get invited. And um, uh, we own a piece of property that has built-in lawn services. You understand that in one pass, this lawn service gives us the cutting of the grass and the fertilizer in one pass. <laughs> and that's right in front of our house there. And what we are doing, we're doing camps for children and youth, and we do several camps a year. We do conferences and um, spirit-led ministry, and our, our, our brother Russell James, Russell Jesse James, you know, has... has a, blaze the path for some of us to come behind him. And uh, so I'm going to show you quickly some of the camps that we have done during this past year. Camp for 50, American and Romanian youth together. And that man in the circle is the local mayor. And God has given us favor with the mayor. He comes to every conference we got. And he's the mayor over seven villages. And... Um, we're, we're dealing with the next generation. And uh, as the twig is bent, so grows the tree. And we're dealing with these young people, open, malleable, changeable. And yes, we had 50 kids for a week. It is a blast. I love being a missionary. I was pastor. I love being a missionary. I don't have any board meetings. I love being a missionary. I don't have to worry about the temperature of the air conditioning. I love being a missionary. Oh, there's nothing like it. And so here is some conference that we've done. You see the parking issue that we've got in front of our property there. And uh, there's one conference we did on marriages, on couples, and singles. And this man used to be my pastor 40 years ago. And he came over this year along with his uh, professionally trained Christian counselor wife. And they put on a beautiful time. And there they are in public radio. And as uh, Brother Russell said, it's legal now. And here they did a conference on marriage in an 1,100-member Romanian church. The building that we have for conferences was built to seat, uh, accommodate 35 to 40. Now we've got them sitting on the uh, chairs and up on the balcony. We've had 70 people coming to the conferences. They're hungry. They're thirsty. Just as uh, we heard earlier, they're still hungry and they're still thirsty. The problem is not that people don't want to hear the gospel. The problem is there are not enough to go and tell them the gospel. And so it's a beautiful problem to have. I put a picture of myself up there because I was doing all the pictures and I figured I'm there too. And, and, and a team there. And we have teamed up with the, the man on um, your right, I believe, uh, Yi Nam and his wife Svetlana. And um, they have... Uh, uh, influence in Poland, the Czech Republic, and so on. And through them, we are going into several nations uh, in Europe. So we call it Romania and beyond. And dear saints, we ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come. And so there's a nine-passenger van, and there's my sister who's sitting right over there with her husband, driving our nine-passenger van. We need another one. But that's for another time. God sent to us six young ladies from ages of 22 to 33 for three weeks. Can you imagine the privilege to have them with us for three weeks to, to speak into their lives uh, for their, their, their decision-making time in life? And then after them, a couple weeks later,
they sent to us seven young adults, um, three young men, four young ladies, uh, for the same purpose, to introduce them to missionaries and mission life. And of course, we put them to work, and you'll see that. This house, directly across from the street from us, we prayed for that. We asked God for that house, and we went to negotiate with the owners, and the owners told us 50,000 euros they want for it. I said, I can buy new, build new for that. Well, that's the price. Well, we walked out disappointed, but the, the two negotiators, older brother and the younger brother, the older brother was a tough guy, older brother went to heaven, we hope, and uh, <laughs> younger brother and uh, older brother's wife approached us to buy the property. And so we sit down for negotiations. I mean, you gotta have faith sometimes, you know, and courage, and a little chutzpah. And um, so they said, well, what price would you offer us for that property? I paused for a moment, and I came up. I said, 13,000 euros. They came over, shook my hand, and they said, you got a deal. So 13,000 euros is $14,400, and now that building and that property is ours. And there's our closing. Yes, that's what your missions dollars do. You know, we don't live in, uh, in, in luxury. We live comfortably. But uh, the job is not building buildings. The job is building a place where the people of God can come, like right here. You know, when you build it, the people will come. And so that's the property that is now ours that was bought this past year, and uh, you see, you talked about walls coming down. Well, this is going to be our new conference room, and all the walls had to come down. And, uh, oh, did you notice who broke the first wall down there? Yes. And so the walls are coming down, and uh, yes, I did that. But then some of those young people God sent, they continued to break those walls down. And it was a beautiful sight to behold. And so then God sent us some more help from the United States. This team came over this year, ministered in the churches. They're hungry. They come. They're healed. They're saved. They're baptized in the Holy Ghost. It, it, it's, it's still the Holy Ghost. But we say Holy Spirit sometimes. But I said to somebody recently, I said, you know, we're looking for a Holy Ghost ministry. And they said, well, I haven't heard that term in a long time. Yes, it's still the Spirit of God mightily working. Of course, one of the first things we did was build one of the most important rooms you can whenever you have new property. And that's our five-star outhouse right there. Yes. Now, not to worry, because we are building septic for Western Plumbing. There, the mayor let us use that excavator backhoe with a driver for a whole day at no charge, but just pay the fuel. And the fuel was 30 bucks. So that's good. There's my sister and another sister. Boy, they can work, those sisters, you know. Um, don't, don't. Uh, don't minimize them. And here we had two pastors. And I was amazed at how handy they were with my tools over there. We're, we're building that building. We're preparing that building to see 120. We have 70 coming now. And we're preparing for 120, depending on how we seat them. We, right now, we put them on tables so we can write as they study. But... Um, if we did it lecture style, you know, then we could put, accommodate money more. We're pouring the concrete floor. That whole building was, was uh, the floors were on sand uh, with uh, wood on top of it. So we went down to the sand, poured concrete, uh, put new windows, thermal pane windows in the front. And um, there's the building with the thermal pane in there. There's inside. And I guess I'm talking about my sister. Well, of course, she was there. And when everybody was finished, she went and she cleaned up and swept up after the workers so they could come back the next day. 
And so we're very grateful. Why are we doing this? Because of souls. For God so loved the world. That's what it's all about. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him, two things happen, will not perish, and number two, have everlasting life. And that's the majestic simplicity of the gospel. Look at those beautiful children there. That's why we're there. And this is my little commercial. We need 100 chairs. We need six windows. We need three doors. We need to make that outside of that building. Can't make it look like this building, but we'll do our best to make it look as nice as we can. And with much gratitude, now this is part one. I don't know if I can do part two. I've got, I figure I've got nine more minutes. Can you give me nine more minutes? I'll do part two, but I'll need your help, okay? So there's aim, and now we go to part two. Sometimes we forget, we need to forget about what we like to do and get the job done. It's not what, what I want to do. It's what has God given me to do. And I ask you, what has God given you to do? Because, you see, every person that is ever born has significance. Your life has significance. You're not called to maybe build the Empire State Building, but you're called to do something. Maybe take care of your kids or your family or minister into this church or clean the church. But you're here for a purpose. And everyone has significance and everyone will meet obstacles. You will. If you dedicate your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to meet obstacles, you need perseverance, and then celebrate the accomplishment. It does come. And so I got quick, eight quick examples plus you. The Bible says the Old Testament is for our learning. And so when we look into uh, Old Testament characters, we see some of them, they got the job done. Can you say that they got the job done? Try it one more time. Okay, I'll call on you periodically to help me with that. What? Now here's, here's Noah. God said to him, build the ark. And he had alarms length of excuses, you know. It's too big, no experience, too old to begin. People will laugh at me. But what did he do? He got the job done. When you see that plank come up, it's not showing correctly. So when you see that come up, it means he got the job done, okay? Uh, Abraham, going to the promised land, and all his excuses, too far, too scary, family, but what did he do? Okay. Joseph, God said, you know, uh, uh, there's famine coming. He showed him, and he went through tough times. Uh, he was too young. He had all kinds of family problems. Everything had gone wrong, and besides that, he was a jailbird. But what did he do? Oh, you're doing good. You're doing good. Moses, get them out of Egypt now and get them back into the promised land. Go down, Moses. Go down to Egypt land. Tell old Pharaoh. People, thank you. Thank you. And all his excuses. I'm a wanted man. They don't believe me. Do you have any excuses? Uh, I can't talk right. You remember he was a stutterer? And uh, there's a C in the way. How am I going to do it? He did it anyway. And what are we going to do? That's right. That's what we're going to do. And so he had the problems. There was the river. There was the walls. He had no army, the strange methods. Oh, this is Joshua. This is Joshua. And uh, what did he do? Yes, that's the job he got done. Possessed the promised land. Okay. Now, uh, I'm moving real quick because I only got six minutes left. Teach my people to worship, David. Well, he said, I'm just a shepherd. Never say you're just anything. You're a child of God. God is with you. I'm all alone. I never studied music, and the king doesn't like me. But what did he do, dear saints? Oh, yes, he got the job done. Nehemiah built a wall, but he had no provisions, no architect, surrounded with enemies, critics within. You know what he did. Tell me what he did. Okay, okay. And what are we going to do? Yes, you got a D, D, you got a job to do, 
You do. Don't allow people or difficulties to stop you. What do you got to do? You got a dream. You got a job. You got. You can't let them stop you. You got to. Yeah. Jesus came to die. You know, they rejected him. He didn't have to do it. His love made him do it. He got the job done. And you, God has put within you gifts and abilities, insight, uh, skill, you know, and whatever it is, you've got to find out. You've got to discover what God put in you and then develop what God put in you and then deploy it. Give it to this generation because this generation, this generation needs what God put inside of you. And so give it to your generation. So Noah got the job done. Abraham got the job done. Joseph got the job done. Help me now, Moses. Joshua, David, Nehemiah, Jesus. And what are we going to do? Yes, amen. You get the job done. And here I'm closing. And uh, what will make you to do it? And do it anyway. They're doing it. They're doing it. I'm trying to do it. So join us, please, and get the job done, and do it anyway. Amen. God bless you, and thank you for your patience. Last time uh, Pastor Roy was here, I was uh, so impressed with his little clicker, and he could control his own slides, so... Uh, I don't know if he got back to Romania or not, but somehow or another, if he was there, Amazon worked with him, and he ships me a brand new one here. So we have one here. Uh, I think they use it every Thursday in the chapel for the school uh, as well. So, uh, so we've got our little clicker now. Thank you. That was such a nice gift. Thank you so much. And if you all would just join me in appreciation for Roy and Melania and what they're doing, put your hands together and say, we thank you. We thank you so much for being our hands extended into Romania as well and letting us partner with you in this. And we're going to have our ushers come now and give you an opportunity to continue giving in this ministry in Romania and all that God has been doing and is doing and will continue to do. I uh, thank God that we are a missionary church, that all these flags that are hanging here are countries that we have given into and helped of bringing and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ and that we can continue uh, to do so. And a lot of folks I've had tell me, uh, oh, I see that Romanian flag is first. I said, I bet Pastor Odika made that happen. And I said, no, there was a strategy. We were hanging the flags and we said, we want to put the first missions, uh, missionaries and missions that we gave out of this church since it started. And before I knew her, three years before I knew her, we were sending to Romania. And uh, you've just had that conferred with Russell James tonight as he was a part of that. And uh, so that's why. So it really, if we look around and see what God has done. And uh, we did strategically take Israel out of our alignment of support and put it up front here so that we would not want everyone to always be able to see that we're praying for the peace of Jerusalem. Uh, we're praying for the covenant of God that is uh, this earthly covenant that God has with Israel and that we want to be a part of ushering in all of the completion of that as well and pray for its peace. Amen? Amen. As you're given tonight, you can just make this out to Christian Embassy or CEIC and all of this 100% plus more will be going to Romania to continue this great work and to help them accomplish. Uh, he had that lists of needs that they have and we're going to make a significant uh, if not a full impact in helping all those needs be met uh, this year so that they can continue to get that building all the furniture and everything they need in there so that uh, we can get that 120 like the upper room 120 we might have a holy ghost fall in romania with tongues and mighty sounding of a wind and and cause another great revival to take place and we can be a part of that sounds like that's a good number to begin with amen 
So let's pray. Father, we do thank you. We thank you, God, that you, as we have seen a picture from you of your throne in heaven, and surrounding your throne is a tongue of every tribe and every nation gathered there worshiping you, Lord God, because you're the God of every one of us. And we thank you that we will not limit ourselves and be isolationists and just see ourselves in, in what we want and what we need. But God, you've called us to be a part of reaching the whole world. Our Jerusalem, our Judea, our Samaria, and then the uttermost parts of the earth, Lord God, is a mandate from you to us. And Lord God, that we so honor and uh, appreciate the uh, uh, ability, Lord God, to participate in. So, Lord, as we give tonight, we give for the advancement of your kingdom until you come, and we know you're coming soon. So to you be the glory, to you be the honor, and to you be the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.